0: Good morning, great seeing you all out here this morning, welcome to Connect, if you're visiting it's uh, wonderful to have you, my name's Dave, I'm the lead pastor here at Connect Church and with with Thanksgiving being officially over this morning we are kicking off our Christmas series, so we're going to be heading up to Christmas here over the next few weeks and the title of the series is Awaken the Wonder, Awaken the Wonder because Christmas should be a time of wonder. And we're going to talk about the idea of awakening the wonder because if you're like me, maybe you can remember as a kid different activities that were just full of wonder and just excitement. But then as you get older, that that wonder kind of wears off a little bit. The excitement maybe wears off a little bit. Take McDonald's, for example. Okay, How many of you, when you were kids, man, going to McDonald's was just the best. In fact, there were some kids in here who were like, yeah, we love going to McDonald's. I can remember um, when I was a kid, I had to be like 9, 10 years old maybe. Uh, a friend had a birthday party, and the, the, the gathering was at McDonald's. And we all went. I remember it being such an exciting place to go. And you know in England, we don't have playlands in our McDonald's. They're just small, and all they do is sell food. And yet as a kid, it was still exciting to go there. Here, like my kids, they want to go and have a Happy Meal. They want to go and play in the playland, you know. But the reality is that as exciting as it is to go to McDonald's when you were a kid, let's be honest, when you get to become an adult, that excitement really wears off, doesn't it? Now you're at the counter and you're looking at the menu items, but you're not really paying attention to the price of the product. You're looking at those fat grams or calories and you're like, is there anything I can eat here that's healthy? Maybe you've um, seen movies like Super Size Me or you've seen someone post on their Facebook wall what chicken nuggets are really made of. And you're like, I just don't enjoy going here anymore. Maybe it's this. Maybe it's a trip to somewhere like Six Flags. All right. I can remember as a kid just pulling up in that parking lot, seeing all the metal of all the roller coasters and thinking, this is going to be awesome. It's just like the best place to go and you're going to spend a whole day riding rides and, and doing this kind of thing. But the reality is, and maybe there's some of you out here this morning, you're like roller coaster junkies and you're like, hey, I still love going to Six Flags and I'm a grown up. But for me, the novelty has worn off. The wonder has definitely worn off a little bit. Uh, Actually, that's not true. A lot, okay? Back in the summer, our youth group did a trip to Six Flags, and um, I said I would go along, and uh, I I volunteered to be a chaperone, and uh, I said I'd love to, which was a lie, because uh, when I got there, um, the only good part of the day was that actually the lines weren't that long. The park on this July day was actually quite empty, the main reason was it was the hottest day, I think, of this century. It was like 150 degrees, and just moving from the bus to the ticket counter. I'm like, oh, I'm so hot, covered in sweat. It's just miserable and I was chaperoning these six or seven middle school boys and of course, they didn't want to walk to any ride. Why walk when you can run from ride to ride? So I'm trying to follow at a light trot, you know, as we move from one ride to another and we'll jump in the line 15, 20 minutes, we'll line up, we'll get to the front of this horrific monstrosity that twists and turns and loops and they'd all climb in and I'd climb in and I'd climb right back out the other side and then I'd hold their bags and I'd say, I'll be here when the ride gets back. That was my job for the day, I was the guy who stood in the line with them and held their bags. It was miserable. In fact, it got to the point later in the day where I'm like, I should ride at least one ride. So there was one called the Screaming Eagle, I think. It was those wooden ones, you know, the up and down, you know. like It doesn't twist too much. There's no loops. I think I can handle that. I don't know why they called it the Screaming Eagle. I think the chiropractor might have been a better name for this thing because it just shook and adjusted and just moved every bone in my body. It was miserable. I got off after three minutes, and I spent the rest of the day kind of hobbling around the park. And as a kid, I loved going to those places. As an adult, it's, the wonder's worn off. And the sad thing is that if we're totally honest with ourselves we could say the same maybe some of us this morning about christmas christmas was the most magical time of the year when you were a child it was wonderful it was the time when you wrote your list for santa you put it up the chimney do you guys do that in america or is that just no okay <laughs> so in england we would put our list up the chimney later on we go it was gone That's how Santa collects your lists in England. Uh, Over here, I think he just goes around malls and collects it that way. But in England, it was, you know, you wrote your list, you're excited. We had Advent calendars with candy in. So every day, we're counting down the day till Christmas Eve. I can remember as a kid going to bed the night of Christmas Eve, just so excited. Just couldn't wait. We'd put cookies out for Santa. We'd put a a carrot out for Rudolph. And we're just so, just the magic and the wonder of Christmas. And then waking up Christmas morning and seeing that the cookie had been eaten and the the carrot had been gnawed on and and the the presents were under the tree. It was just a wonderful, magical time. But then we grow up, don't we? And Christmas looks a little bit different when you're an adult, when you're a grown-up. Now it starts with, with shopping in the midst of Black Friday, fighting off crowds to try and get a bargain. Looking for that one toy that your kid's got to have, but of course, every other kid's got to have it as well, so it's so hard to find. Living in fear of that credit card statement in January, what have we spent this year on Christmas? Sitting for hours on Christmas Eve after your kids have gone to bed and you've bought them that gift they really wanted, but it takes two hours to assemble it, and you're trying to figure out how to assemble this toy. Getting socks or a tie as a gift. That's like as good as it gets now. Looking at all the other families, elf-on-the-shelf pictures on Facebook and Pinterest, and wondering why your elf couldn't be more creative. It just kind of loses its wonder, doesn't it? You start looking and thinking, man, it's, it's kind of a little bit of a drag now. And that's why in this series I want to talk about because it, it's a great season. And what we celebrate at Christmas is a great reason to celebrate. And I want to stir that back up and, and awaken the wonder Maybe see Christmas again through the eyes of a child. Because Christmas through the eyes of a child is an amazing thing. And that's why I want to kick off this morning with this idea and this series of um, awakening the wonder. Awakening the wonder of Christmas. The idea that, just like in that video, Christmas is a time of wonder. The lights, the music, the decorations, they're all surrounding the celebration of the birth of Jesus into this world 2,000 years ago. So over the next couple of weeks here, leading up to Christmas, in the midst of the shopping and the parties and the traveling and the cooking and whatever else, I want to help you refocus on the wonder of this season. And not just the wonder of the celebration. I want us to kind of recapture the wonder of God. God who sent his son Jesus to be born as God in the flesh, in a stable in the Middle East. You see, God wants us to find wonder in him in his creation, in his plan for the world and in his plan for our lives. But maybe you're here this morning and, and you may not. maybe you're not a follower of Jesus. Maybe you're here and you say, well, I don't see the wonder in God. Or maybe you're here this morning and you are a follower of Jesus, but you've been following him long enough now that maybe the wonder's kind of faded away. You can remember a time when you were captivated by the wonder of God, but maybe not so much anymore. So whether you had it and it's now faded or you've never had it at all, I'm hoping that over these next few weeks, we'll help you discover for the very first time or rediscover the wonder of God. The wonder of what he did for us. The wonder of who he is. Now, if you've not experienced that wonder, or maybe you felt that wonder fading away, you wouldn't be alone here this morning. In fact, this was something that that the Israelites dealt with thousands of years before Jesus was even born. Listen to this passage. This is a prophet by the name of Isaiah, and he's speaking to the people of Israel. And he talks about this very idea of wonder. He says in Isaiah 29, verse 13, The Lord says, These people come near to me with their mouth. They honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Their worship of me is based on merely human rules that they've been taught. And listen to what God says. He says, therefore, once more, I will astound these people with wonder upon wonder. You know, this could be as relevant to some of us today as it was to the people Isaiah was talking to thousands of years ago. Because what he's saying is that their relationship with God is based on what they know, how they behave. They seem to be saying the right things, but their hearts just don't seem to be in it. Their devotion was insincere, it was formal, it was traditional. They recited the proper ritual, but the fear of the Lord, it didn't govern their lives. So God's solution to this problem? To once more astound the people with wonder upon wonder. Now we're not clear exactly on on how that wonder presented itself to the people that Isaiah was writing to. Some scholars believe it was in the form of a punishment to the Jews, that God showed his wonder in in kind of chastising them. But others believe it was in the way that he actually defeated some of their enemy armies. Enemies that miraculously the Jews would wake up and find that um, had been defeated overnight by the wonder of God. We don't know for sure, but what we do know is that according to Isaiah, the remedy for this religious cold-heartedness is for God to once again display his wonder to his people. We've got a friend, um, our family, and she's awesome. She loves sunsets. She's always talking to us. Every time she's with us and she sees the sunset, she's like, Guys, check out that sunset. Isn't God amazing? We'll be at home some nights and we'll, we'll just get a text out of the blue You've got to go outside right now and check out the sunset. It's incredible. We're like, Okay, we've got to go look at the sunset. So much so that as a family, we found ourselves on vacation thousands of miles away, maybe on a beach in Florida, watching the sunset over the ocean. And my kids are like, man, it's a shame Kathy's not here right now. She'd love that sunset. Because they all know that she just loves sunsets. She loves this, this beauty of God's wonder, of God's creation. And the truth is, I love that about her, that she's able to appreciate the wonder of God in a beautiful sunset. I actually believe that God created all of us that way to have wonder at the magnificence of God. I think it's that part of you that's in awe when you see a beautiful sunrise or sunset or a clear, moonlit night with millions of stars in the sky. Maybe it's that feeling you have when you reach out to cradle a baby and smell the sweet scent of new life. You know, I think such moments, they remind us that we were made for something more than deadlines and debt, careers and coffee breaks. So in this series and during this Christmas season, I'm hoping that we'll be able to ask God to awaken the wonder within every one of us for him. Now maybe you're here this morning and you're thinking, okay, listen, I'm fine. I appreciate a good sunset every now and again, but why is it so important to awaken the wonder? Do I really need it? Well, as I've been studying and preparing for this subject, I've come across some really interesting things. I came across a study that some psychologists did where they suggested that a sense of wonder in our lives can actually impact our health and the quality of our life. Just living with a sense of wonder and appreciation can change the way we live our lives, can even have an impact on our health. They quoted a a philosopher by the name of René Descartes. He's known as the father of modern-day philosophy. He said this. He said that wonder is the first of all passions, It comes before love, hate, desire, sadness, and joy. The wonder is this great passion that every one of us have. But the truth is that if we were to look at our lives so far and we were to map out the periods of wonder, we'd probably find that 99% of the wonder that we've experienced in our lives happens when we were kids. That there was so much wonder and surprise when we were younger and smaller, but as we've grown, that's faded away. I came across a quote from a a pastor by the name of Samuel A. Trombore, and he, he was talking about this exact idea. He said, this is the sadness, I think, many of us experience in relation to wonder and awe. As we get older, there is less and less that is new and surprising. We've all seen so much in our lifetimes. It's the curse of a good education and a sharp, perceptive mind that by middle age, you know a great deal, and by old age, you've seen it all. Sure, there is more for us to know than we can ever take in, but the experience of surprise comes less and less. The idea of that wonder, being surprised by wonder all around us, becomes less and less. You know, in this study, they found out some amazing things. They quoted researchers at the University of Michigan who determined that participants' memory performance and attention spans improved by 20% after spending an hour interacting with nature. They studied people who just spent an hour interacting with nature and saw noticeable differences against those that didn't. Another study they talked about was that scientists in Sweden found that joggers who exercise in settings with trees and landscape views felt more rejuvenated, wrestled with fewer bouts of anxiety, anger, or depression than those who completed the same exercise regime but in an urban setting. Now, that was comparing one set of joggers to another. If I was out jogging, it doesn't matter what the setting is. I'd be dealing with depression afterwards, okay? But they were saying joggers who jog in urban settings who enjoy jogging against joggers who jog in, um, you know, landscapes and beautiful settings. There was a noticeable difference in the two groups of people. I think it's because God designed our bodies to experience and appreciate wonder. There was a theologian by the name of Abraham Joshua Heschel. He said this. He said mankind will not perish for want of information, but only for want of appreciation. The beginning of our happiness lies in the understanding that life without wonder is not worth living. So what do I mean this morning by wonder? Let's, let's break that down a little bit by uh, really looking at what the idea of wonder is. Because we can use wonder in different contexts, can't we? We can use it in the context of, I wonder if, dot, 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 dot. I wonder if he'll remember it's our anniversary tomorrow. I wonder if my parents will give me that gift. Even though I've been showing them every day on the website, this is what I want for Christmas. I wonder if they'll get it for me. I wonder if, in the new Star Wars movie, Luke Skywalker will be a good guy or a bad guy. I know there's a lot of you here this morning wondering that, and it's a a big question to ask. But but the idea of that, I wonder if, because we don't know the outcome. So when you use that phrase, I wonder if, it's in this context. It's the fear that reality may not meet our expectations. When we wonder if, we're nervous that the, the reality may not meet our expectations. That's not the kind of wonder I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about the kind of wonder that just stands alone by itself. Just the idea of wonder. The idea where reality exceeds our expectations. Let me explain it this way. We went, Casey and I, on a vacation. This was, she was actually pregnant with Ben, and we decided to do this big trip right before our family started. And uh, we went out to the West Coast. and We traveled up and down through California. We went to Las Vegas. And then we spent a couple of days driving into Arizona because we wanted to go to the Grand Canyon. I'd never been to the Grand Canyon before. I'd seen pictures of it, and I'd heard about it. And people told me, that's a really cool place. You should check it out. Honestly, when I got there, I remember parking up and and walking across and for the first time getting a proper view of the Grand Canyon and I was literally full of wonder. It took my breath away. It was unbelievable, stood and seeing this incredible piece of creation and it literally took my breath away. That sense of wonder, like wow, this exceeds my expectations. It's even greater than I imagined. Has anyone been to the Grand Canyon? Anyone here been to the Grand Canyon? couple of you? few? Okay, so maybe you'll relate better to this one. This is another uh, American, just beautiful landmark that many have gone to and experienced that sense of wonder. Disney World. Anyone been to Disney World? Yeah, quite a few more. Awesome. So um, I've got to be honest. When I was a kid, I remember going to Disney World and being full of wonder. Do you know what? I went back as an adult. Same feeling. I remember walking up Main Street and looking up at the castle and thinking, this is amazing. This is so, it's just like that kid in you just comes alive again. Although I was talking to a friend of mine who was here at church last Sunday, and he's actually down in Disney World with his family right now. He said they were really excited to be going because uh, um, they, they've been a few times before, but normally they go in the summer. And he goes, it's really tough in the summer because it's so hot, and the parks are packed, and the lines are long. He goes, if I can remember being there one year, Davey he said, and I was um, just walking through the park, and I came across this couple, this married couple, and they're just having a full-on argument. I mean, they are just stood right in the middle of the street, and they're like shouting and screaming and pointing at each other right in the middle of disney world he says right as i got close to them, the husband turns to the wife he goes where dreams come true my <laughs> and stormed off and he used a word that you wouldn't find in any disney movies but um you know normally when the heat's not too bad and the lines aren't too long it is a place of wonder it's a place of like man this exceeded my expectations You know, you may have heard of the seven wonders of the world. The list changes depending on where you look, but whether it's the pyramids or the Taj Mahal, it's talking about the kind of places around the world that just take your breath away, fill you with wonder. The reality exceeds your expectations. I believe that's the kind of wonder that God wants to fill us with, that he wants to awaken us to in his creation. The psalmist writes in Psalm 145, verse 3, Great is the Lord. He is most worthy of praise. No one can measure his greatness. In 1 Chronicles 29, 11, the author says, Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on the earth is yours. O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. The Bible and and writers ever since have have written of just the majesty and the wonder and the splendor of, of God. As I was preparing for this message and this idea of awakening the wonder of our creator. I came across a, a talk by a, a pastor by the name of Louis Giglio, and I'm listening as he's talking about the cosmos that we're a part of and quoting these facts and sharing these, these thoughts, and I'm writing these things down thinking, I'm going to say that, and that's a great thing to share. I thought, you know what? Forget it. I'm going to let him tell you because he's doing a much better job than me. So let's take a moment and watch this clip.
1: I love science, and science has just brought us the largest star they found. It's called, are you ready for this, Canis Majoris. Now I'm no linguist, but that's a cool name for the biggest star we've found so far. I think that means the big dog star, and that's exactly what it is. I bring it to you as a little bitty purple you know, glow just to the right of center there. But Canis Majoris, oh wow, if the earth were a golf ball, Canis Majoris would be the height of Mount Everest. Thank you. You just saved your family plane fare from California to Kathmandu, Nepal. Almost six miles above sea level, the highest point on the planet, and I just dare you to get up there and unzip the parka and pull out your golf ball. You could fit seven Quadrillion earths inside Canis Majoris. That's enough earths if the earth were a golf ball to cover the entire state of Texas in golf balls 22 inches deep. You see the one you're on? Maybe this will help a, a little bit more. This absolutely blew my mind just a little journey through our solar system everyone knows our planets and sort of how we fit in to the story here you see really quickly that we're not even the biggest deal in our own solar system but as earth comes by you have to know tonight that we are living on a privileged planet anyone would tell you we're living at one of the most special places if not the most special place in all of creation but Neptune comes by and Saturn and then Jupiter, and you're like, okay, we're not all that big, even in our own little cul de sac. I just noticed the blue dot fading away is not the Earth, that's Neptune. The Earth has gotten too small to see anymore. Sirius comes by. A little plug for satellite radio. Not the biggest star, but the brightest star that we have found so far. Pollux, which we didn't mention. Arcturus. Such a beautifully named one, Regal. But then the one that messed me up. Third star, Musifi. Musifi's cousin, W. Sifi. <laughs> and Canis Majoris. And do you know that you couldn't come up here right now with a Sharpie? and make a mark on the screen that would approximate the size of our sun, you couldn't even do it. I mean, when you look at these and their relative size, we just have to put a little arrow over there that says, if you could put the sun on here, which you can't, it would go somewhere about here. And um, can you hang on that for me? And when you see this, I don't know what happens to you, but I'll tell you what happens to me. A shrinking feeling comes over me, and it's not a bad shrinking feeling, it's a good shrinking feeling. Because sin... It has a a way of shrinking God down in our minds and puffing us up in our own estimation. But just a glance into the universe that God has made resizes everything in a heartbeat. And you realize tonight we are worshiping an unrivaled, uncontested God of all kind of might and power and glory and awe who is—there's none like Him anywhere in all of creation tonight. We are not here worshiping some little teeny-tiny God. We are the teeny-tiny ones, you and me. We are small and weak and fragile and frail. We are, you and me tonight, one of six and a half billion people on this little golf ball sized planet in this massive universe that God has made. But I'll tell you the miracle of tonight is, is crazy. And crazier to me than the size of any star Is that though we are but a vapor, you and me And tiny and frail We are marked by majesty, and we have been created in the very image of the God who breathes out the stars and put the universe into place. You and I are fashioned and formed and ordained by the God of all creation. We are fearfully and wonderfully made, you and I.
0: You know, there's a whole talk that he does, and uh, it was hard to just pull a short amount out because there's so much that he shares that will just blow you away. But the the whole idea is that God is just busting at the seams to display his glory and his power and his might in your life. Yet why do we pass by the wonder of God unaware? I think it's because we get caught up in the demands of everyday life. The necessity of paying bills, the necessity of uh, working, supporting our families, the possibility of earning that degree. It just, life kind of conspires against us, doesn't it? It conspires against wonder. Life causes us to forget the glorious wonder. Because when you wake up in wonder, it makes you feel alive. Five years ago, Case and I, we went on a special vacation, just the two of us. It was my 40th birthday. I know some of you are surprised. Were you celebrating 10 years early? Yeah, I was. But um, we actually went to Hawaii. We'd never been there before, so just the two of us went and had a fantastic time, beautiful time, just wonderful. And um, on the day before my birthday, we were flying home on my birthday. So the day before we went out on our last nights to the north shore of the island, we found this beautiful restaurant uh, with outdoor seating right on the beach, looking out over the ocean. We arrived before sunset and as we were eating the sunset right there in front of us over the ocean, they served us this amazing steak dinner. I can still taste it now. It's just one of the best steaks i would ever eaten. It was just a wonderful night. I'm still thinking about it five years later. You know, the reality is that some of us might think, wouldn't it be great to do that every single night? But if you did, those nights wouldn't be quite as special, would they? That's what makes things like that so special. Maybe you've got a moment something like that. Maybe yours um, isn't like mine that are all food related. Maybe yours is some kind of different moment. But whatever it is, those, those special moments that kind of distract us, take us away from the busyness of our lives. Because the truth is that in the midst of our busy lives and our hectic Christmas schedule, we need to create space to stop and awaken the wonder. Awaken to the wonder again of Christmas. Awaken to the wonder of the God who sent his son Jesus to be born in Bethlehem. To pause and to quiet ourselves and focus on the wonder of God who he is, how much he loves us, his incredible creation. I'm reading a book right now uh, to help me prepare for this particular series. It's called Wonderstruck, Uh, it's by an author by the name of Margaret Feinberg. She talks all about um, discovering the wonders of God and his creation. It's, It's a wonderful book. She says this. She says, The work of God's hand is heralded throughout creation and manifested in its many creatures. God's presence is evident in the groan of labor pains, the sweet scent of a newborn. God's handiwork is displayed in the cresting of shadows and the damp chill of morning dew. The power of God can be heard in the crackle of hail, the crash of an ocean wave, the groan of gusting winds. The nearness of God is exhibited in the daily, dawn-inspired rooster's crow, the rhythmic pacing of seasons. All of creation testifies to the power and presence of God. Just like that steak dinner, I think we need to look for moments of reflection on the wonder of God to carry us through the day-in, day-out lives that we find ourselves in. So this Christmas, we're going to focus our attention. There are three weeks leading up to Christmas, three Sundays. And each of those Sundays, we're going to focus our attention on, on three different areas, on joy, on peace, and on hope. Three words that you're going to see a lot this Christmas season on cards and decorations and displays, joy, peace, and hope. We're going to ask God together, God, would you awaken within me the wonder of joy? Would you awaken the wonder of peace? Would you awaken within me the wonder of hope? Because the truth is that I think every one of us, maybe even more so at Christmas than any other time, could could talk about the enemies that have come in to steal our joy, to rob us of our hope, to wipe away peace. We're going to identify those enemies And we're going to talk about how we can combat those enemies in our life and how we can awaken once more the wonder of God and awaken the wonder of God in the areas of joy, peace, and hope. But before we get into those areas, I've got some homework I'd like you to do this week. you okay, okay with that? Do some homework? You're not happy about that? Well, I'm going to give it to you anyway. So here's the homework for this week, okay? I want you in the midst of your busy schedules to say, I'm going to set some time aside. I'm going to make some time this week to to focus in, to quiet down, to push the pause button, and to consider the wonder of God. Here's here's some ideas of how you could do that. Maybe you'll get up early, and you'll get to a place where you can watch the sunrise. Just sitting there watching the sunrise that maybe you see on a regular basis, just um, pausing and becoming very aware of just the beauty in that sunrise, or maybe a sunset. Maybe this week you'll find some time to, to go online, look on YouTube, and find the, the whole of that video that we showed the clip from this morning. Louis Giglio is the name of the pastor. He's done several talks talking about how great our God is. And, and, and they're great because they go into a lot of detail about the solar system, the universe in which we live, and the, um, the, the wonder of God's creation. And just watching something like that might just help you just realize, man, God, you are amazing. Maybe you'll drive out of town one night to get away from the lights of the city and uh, stop and pause and turn the engine off. Maybe get outside the car and wrap up warm and look up at the sky and stay there long enough because have you ever noticed that when you're in the dark night, you look at the sky, the longer you stand there, the more stars appear. As your eyes become adjusted, you start to see this incredible universe out there and consider the wonder of that universe. Maybe you won't go anywhere. Maybe you'll sit in a quiet room and just reflect on how fearfully and wonderfully each one of us is. How fearfully and wonderfully we've been made. But wherever you go, whenever you do this, I want you to think about the fact that of over 6 billion people on this planet, God knows your name. God cares about you. God loves you. That to me is the the greatest wonder of all. In the midst of this incredible universe, God knows me, and God loves me. God cares about what I'm going through, the issues in my life. And maybe in the midst of that moment, you'll you'll think about the fact that this Christmas, we're celebrating the greatest gift that anyone could ever give. And that was the gift that God sent for every one of us, His Son, Jesus. Let's pray, shall we? Father... As we come into this busy season, a season that when we were kids was full of wonder, but now we're adults, maybe the the wonder's worn off a little bit. Help us to recapture the wonder of this season, the wonder of Christmas, the wonder of um, the message behind the celebration, the fact that Jesus came to be born on this earth, to live a life, and to one day die so that we could have a relationship with God restored, a relationship restored that sin had cut off. And in the midst of pondering the wonder of this season, help us, Lord, to wonder just about your majesty and your incredible creation and the fact that as as big as that star is, the largest star they've discovered, quadrillion times bigger than the earth. We just can't fathom the size of it. God, you're bigger than that. You're bigger than all that. And yet you care about each and every one of us. Help us to awaken to the wonder of that this week as well. So be with us this week. I pray that you'll bring us safely back next Sunday as we continue on through this Christmas series. Bless those that are here, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.